All right, me amigos, do we all have the mailbag stuff open? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm not entirely sure how this is going to work. What I envision in my head is that we all just kind of like find questions that we're interested in and then kind of take turns going around and asking these questions to uh, other players. Holla. You guys just want to kind of kind of try it? Sure. Yeah. Zach, Let's just do it. Green Mage 14. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't even get to introduce anything. Also, um, we're not gonna answer all these questions, right? We're not. I'm gonna try to. That's a lot of questions. We'll see how long. We can do. Okay. Romans countrymen, lend me your ears. We are currently recording mailbag number one after long last. It's been like two months that we've been um, encouraging you to send your mailbag questions to us and uh, stuff just kept happening and getting in the way of us actually recording it. But here we are. For the audience's sake, we are recording this on Sunday afternoon, uh, June 11th. And I don't know when this is going to come out. I don't know if um, we're going to stick it at the tail end of our recording or if I'm going to end up um, turning this around fairly quickly and trying to get it out uh, here in a couple weeks. But that's, that's the situation. Um, we have received many, many, many uh, questions from uh, audience members toward the cast and we're going to be reading mailbag, or sorry, we're going to be reading iTunes reviews um, and all of us are all here. Uh, so we got Sarah, Zach, and Yessie, and Steven. Everybody say hi. 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 All right, not all at once. Uh, <laughs> Hello. That was uh, Steven's alternative persona. <laughs> Stefan. That's Steven when he talks to his cat. That's Steven how he talks to cats. <laughs> You're not um, wrong, well, but like. <laughs> oh, hello. We've got a big old Google Doc that's filled with uh, all of these questions big that we've compiled. A big old Google Doc. And um, we're just going to kind of go around and ask questions uh, and s cite the sources or of the questions and where they came from. And we're just going to go around and ask people stuff. Steven, stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You can see what you're doing on the Google Doc. <laughs> the sound effects make it. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna blue cursor going start everywhere. Out this by asking uh, Zach. This is from at the Green Mage 14 on Twitter. Um, Green Mage asked 
a ton, so expect to hear that handle a bunch. Um, they ask, being someone that works in a board game store, what is your favorite board game? Uh, they warn, don't say Catan. Why? Uh, ever heard of Hanabi? Um, I have heard of Hanabi. I have not played it. Um, I wouldn't say Catan because I do not like Catan, actually, as a board game. Um, it's a very good crossover game for people getting away from Monopoly and into actual, like, Euro games. Um, so I like it for that reason, but I don't actually enjoy playing Catan. Um, it's just a little too simplistic. Um, my personal favorite board game... Um, it's probably a tie between either the Castles of Burgundy or uh, Twilight Struggle. Yesy, the, at the Green Mage 14 on Twitter, asks you, um, Grimton seems like a level-headed character. Is that a reflection of yourself or simply a trait you think he'd have? It's definitely a reflection of myself, and I'd say, uh, unfortunately, because it comes out in a lot of my RP characters <laughs> in one way or another. <laughs> And uh, it's difficult for me to actually not play uh, with that level-headedness and be like more rambunctious with my characters, but I try to sometimes. I think I think whoever answers the question should ask the next question to the next person, and we just. I agree. That's a good way to systematize. That's where I was going with it. So uh, let's see here. At the Green Mage fourteen on Twitter was wondering. We can probably shorten that to just Green Mage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also from the green mage on twitter steven uh why did you want to make Ulrich an agender or non-binary character i mean to some degree we all i think tried to have characters that were like real characters and it would be very relatable to anyone that would listen but also like i want and hope though i'm, I'm not convinced I'm, I'm succeeding at this yet um it's gonna it's gonna take some serious thought but i, I want this to be a, uh, a way of getting me out of my shoes just as much as as I would be doing for like a role-playing character where I'm like pretending to be someone I want um I want to be able to like explore something and struggles or just like social situations that I don't actually normally face both to like help my perspective um and maybe people who sh- who share my perspective being a cisgendered man um like help us <laughs> see things a little uh, a little differently, but then also maybe <clears throat> hopefully portray very real struggles um, that agender or non-binary people face, and and not just struggles, but like you know cool things that that maybe most people don't think about. I'm gonna break into this cycle really quick and um, ask one to everybody. Uh, what inspired you to make each of your characters? <laughs> the need for a striker. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I love Tolkien. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to do a Tolkieny character. I I like more magical characters and more um not necessarily healery characters, but controllers even though last campaign my controller sucked. Sorry guys. Um but I like the creativity of playing with magic and spells and figuring that stuff out. So I knew that I wanted something um, something magical, something like pretty basic, not not super weird, just like old school token. So I was like, well, I guess I'll be an elf again. <laughs> and I just love what else like I think when we when Joe started about started talking about this campaign last summer, which was like a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um 
I think at that point I had just finished reading The Hobbit again, which is my favorite book, and I was just like, I was so Tolkienified. I was like, it's gonna be a wood elf. She's gonna be really good at stuff and super magically um, inclined. And so that's kind of where all of it came from. Was just like I was like super in a Tolkien mode at that point, and then I just stayed there um, and had a lot of fun with the world building of like, oh well, this can be named this elvish name and. Let me look at this Elvish dictionary. Which version of Elvish are we going to use this time? It was just a, it was just a whole lot of nerd fun. Um, and then as Joe continued with all of his character building questions, which um, Joe, do you think we should like at some point release some of those character building sheets? Like maybe way towards the end, but like show people like how much homework we did because it was yeah. a lot. Um, <laughs> so so to explain to the audience, kind of. Uh, my, my process with this because it, it again it, it took us a freaking year to get this thing off the ground um, just because of the amount of world building and character creation that we were doing I, I had everybody pitch character ideas to me or two character ideas one from the Pandominion faction and the other from the East Italian faction and then um, and, and these were just like really super brief character overviews of people that they would like to play uh, in the game that they'd be comfortable playing with. And then I just uh, selected my top four and tried to split it evenly uh, between Isotalos and the Pandominion. And I we, we ended up with the group that we have. And so um, then I sent them like three documents of 40 questions, um, roughly. I think, I think, yeah, 40 questions each. Um, and had them return with uh full complete answers and it was stuff like uh has has your character ever killed anybody what is it what are their stances on death and um also like who are their mom and dad what are what do their parents do do what are what are their love love interests like just to just to make sure that everybody is super duper fleshed out uh who else is going to tell tell us about uh what inspired you to create your characters uh, <laughs> mine Mine was pretty. Mine's pretty easy. Like I, I had never played a spellcaster before. I always play guys with big axes and swords, um, <laughs> and I wanted to play a wizardy guy. Um, and then I really liked um, the worlds that Joe had built, so I wanted to try to make a character that fit in well with what one of those worlds and help kind of create my own little slice of the pie. That answers almost directly uh, a question from the Green Mage. Have you ever? Have you always played a spellcaster? What is it that drew you to make Alaris as a character that uses magic? So, good job. <laughs> Nailed that one. Uh, for me, it was actually kind of the opposite. I played exclusively sorcerers in uh, all my <laughs> D&D campaigns. It just kind of happened that way. So I was looking to play a uh, melee-based character for a change of pace. And I also just kind of like dwarves. Like, they're cool, I think. <laughs> And uh, when uh, I learned that dwarves weren't necessarily going to be the easiest thing to work in, uh, I talked with Joe about it mm -hmm. and then developed this idea of uh, like an immigrant story, and I just kind of really liked it and kind of went with it. I think for me, um, I, you know, I jokingly said earlier that <clears throat> the, need, the need for a striker, and to some degree, that's not entirely inaccurate. Like I, a lot of times, with characters like to just fill whatever needs to be there. The last campaign I played, uh, I I played the character fairly similarly, but mechanically it was very different. 
Um, I, I actually was happy about playing somebody small. Uh, I'm generally a small person, and this is a sort of <laughs> hyperbolic version of that same thing. So, like, the, the mechanics for the character were just kind of whatever. Also, I've discovered that I'm super bad at being a wizard. Um, I, am, I am Zach's foil. Like, Zach is super excellent at mechanics, and I am really, really bad at it. So I needed to, to play something a little more direct with not a bunch of weird stuff that I was bad at using. Um, but then when it came to, like, fleshing out the stories, is where I think I really found the character, where I, where I really met Ulrich. I think, uh, and I loved this idea of being a refugee. Um, I, I'd imagined Ulrich actually as being this, this far more lighthearted person, but the situation has not really given given rise to that. And so we've had to so almost see a side of, of Ulrich that I didn't plan on on showing. Yeah, tell me tell me more about um, you as as players and characters, and kind of confronting the depth of the the story and the narrative. I wasn't ready. <laughs> like, like literally I was um I I was like, I'm gonna play this elf who does magic stuff. And then like you sent all this these questions and I was like, what did I get into? Um <laughs> and even uh once I got into it and once we started playing, um, keeping up with it at first is pretty hard. Um, and honestly, I need to like print out a map <laughs> and like really study it. Cause sometimes he, you're like, we're going to go to this place. And I'm like, I don't, I pull it up on that. Facebook every time. I just always yeah. have the Facebook yeah. yeah. Every time it's just on those in the back. Yeah. It's not, it's not the same on the screen for me though. I really need to like print it out and write it down and put it on my wall right here. Um, but pause right there and actually insert uh, the, the message from Brett Deaton. Um, so if you could, I'll pull up the audio file from Brett, and then we're all just going to kind of play it and listen to it on our own time, and then we're going to come back in, and I'll, I'll use that moment to, like, splice in the actual audio. Gotcha. Um, so go ahead and pull that up right now. Hello, this is Brett. Longtime fan, been waiting since Mr. Civils, or I guess Steven at this case, uh, told me about this at work one day. Uh, very excitedly sat around waiting for the first episode to drop, and I've honestly been hooked ever since. I've really got to give y'all props. This is a very well-developed world, and on an individual basis, y'all have done an outstanding job developing interesting and in-depth characters. I've really enjoyed listening to the voice acting and it's just been a really great experience getting to listen to these episodes. Um, it's nice to see something that is well produced, well thought out, even if it's on the fly, which obviously D&D and the like is going to always be. But the beforehand work, the preparation really does shine it through and I admire y'all for that. My main question if I'm going to get to the point. Uh, in the last episode, you had mentioned that, yes, we do have the one map that we can bring up and follow along on on the website, and that's great. I love having those little uh, Easter eggs, if you will, that we get to play with while we listen to the episode. That being said, you had also mentioned that there is a much more detailed map already in place that was for you and the players. That's great. I fully appreciate that. I think that you need those resources. 
but obviously, being the greedy little fan that I am, I'm curious, are any other resources going to be coming down the line as far as listening companions, other information, maps, you know, other things to help us in our minds also flesh out this world and have that visual aid? Um, I guess I'm referring to things kind of like what we've seen in the past week on the Facebook page where it was the... Uh, I don't remember the exact name you put on, but it's basically the Triumph Arch that was in the Pandemonium Capital. Uh, I love that stuff. I eat it alive. So um, just going, nah, some more would be good. <laughs> so I guess just uh, keep up the work that y'all's doing. It's excellent. I really am enjoying this. And I hope everybody has a wonderful day. I'm really looking forward to the next episode. So see you later. Excellent. Thanks for your question, Brett. Um, cool. So, <laughs> yeah, right. He's really uh, nice. <laughs> um, so basically, the question: Are there any other resources like maps and drawings and whatever going to come through the pri pipes? Um, to answer that, yeah, I'd love to expand the uh, the map uh, section of our website. I think that's d and or advantage d and slash world or maybe slash map. Um, and I'd, I'd love to get like a regional map. Unfortunately, that requires uh, a little bit more um, graphic work that needs to be done for, um, from our beautiful artist, Daniel Grayling. And that takes money. And we'll, talk to, we'll talk about that later. Um, but yes, having, having a map is an incredible resource, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, and we do, we do have a, a secret collection of uh, not quite as beautifully produced maps that I would feel bad about putting on the website. <laughs> oh, I like this one. Uh, do you have a favorite and least favorite class? <laughs> oh, man. Y'all. <laughs> My least favorite class to play uh, right now is probably Wizard because of... Um, what Sully did during the Switch series, <laughs> and giving me the Wizard class because I'm I'm just terrible at Magic in Fifth Edition. It's not as straightforward as 4E, uh, and it destroys me. In general, my my least favorite character is um, Bart's. I absolutely can't stand yeah. Bart's. Normally, as players, because there's there's a fault between like trying to get that charisma and Bard personality to translate mechanically, and then also uh because at, at some point the character and the player have to be able to act with each other um so unless like the player is beautiful at coming up with with stories on the fly mm -hmm. uh and telling things well and maybe even singing actually and playing an instrument in <laughs> for the game uh then i just hate bards having played with you for a while now i could attest to that <laughs> and was not surprised by the answer <laughs> I feel like when we created characters, you were like, please, no bards. Yeah, that's, I, I did explicitly say, please, no bards. I remember that. I was like, well, that's good, because I, I don't want to do that anyway. I'm, I'm barely, like, for the same reason that I should never play wizards, I should never play a bard, because, like, making that function mechanically in a useful sense is just not something I'm ever going to succeed at. Let's I think I could agree with Joe's sentiment, generally speaking. It's difficult... Unless you are actually basically a bard, it's not easy yeah. to play a bard successfully. <laughs> if I was going to pick someone out of our group to be a bard, I would pick you, Steven. Like, oh, absolutely, Steven. <laughs> I mean...
I could do it. It would just take a lot of work. <laughs> also, and also, it's it's worth uh, noting that like in uh, fifth edition Wizards of the Coast on on unearthed Arcana stuff, like they have other bard classes that aren't just like Singy, the this bars. yeah this their stereotypic uh, singy trope. So uh, if if we were to ever like accidentally have to uh, remake characters for whatever death. Um, <laughs> for whatever uh, Joe, then... I would be so mad if that happens. Just just the thought. That's not my fault. It means that you, you as characters, got yourself into <laughs> a bad situation. Likely. You have the freedom to, to run away from any fight. I will affirm that. Thanks. No, I think I'd be okay dying as a character. Like, I don't want to, but I wouldn't mind rolling up a new character. I mean, Grimton. That's a fun process. Doing another eighty questions and. Yeah, actually, I remember I was thinking about the the Pandominion character that I proposed to Joe that I remember being really excited about. Um, although I can't remember what it was, but I remember being excited about it. So. <laughs> we we all just do. pull that one up. We do I'll... all have another character that we could fall back on. That's true. I'll say this. I don't too. remember how well developed it was. About Joe's well, questions, they at the time. Suck. I was like, Joe, this is gonna take forever. Like, I care I was, about like, this. Just starting a new job, and I was like, Why am I doing this? Yeah, right now? it was it was exhausting. But uh, and I and I wish I had now. Like, I wish I had done it significantly better because honest, I mean, like, there were questions I left blank. I just didn't get to all of it. But like now, having seen the world that it has made, like, if we do this again another time, I'm gonna do my homework very well because <laughs> it, it does it does make the difference. Um, and it and it has been worth it. So, uh, so we're we're gonna answer a couple questions on world building now. I think just because it makes sense because that's where the topic is. Um, I've got a couple here. Uh, when creating the cusp, this is from uh, Kevin Broussard on Twitter. Uh, that's at a e a latch a e l a c h eight two five on Twitter. Uh, Kevin says, when creating the cusp, how much detail did you put into the nations not adjacent to the Watched Force and the Pandominion? I'm curious to learn more about these and other kingdoms and regions that we haven't gotten to see yet. Um, I guess those two, uh, maybe three nations that you haven't directly seen, four, four nations maybe, um, is the Defeat uh, and the City of Triumph, which is like this oasis in the middle of the desert, uh, and the kingdom of Zadal, where uh, everybody's trying to get to for trading, and um, like you've met, oh gosh, I can't remember his name, the porcelain trader that uh, <laughs> you ran into, uh, Grimton. Um, and let's see, there's the thundercapped clan of uh, of dwarves up north of Zadal, and uh, there's the kingdom Alvador. of Hirdurth. Yeah, there's the kingdom of Hirdurth. Kolgafir. All of those have some degree of building to it. And I, I have an idea of like what the culture is and what like their main resources are uh, and how their governments are generally ruled. Um, and, but then there's also stuff like Alvadir. All, nope, that's that's a place where Coralon lives. Uh, what's it? Arvindor? No. Nope. Uh, Al, it's Alvadir. Alvadar. It is Alvadir? Alvadar. Alvalar? A-L-V-I-D-A-R. A-L-V-A-D-A-R. Alvadar. Yeah, that's uh, that was down in the, south. I guess, relative southeast of East. the world. Yeah. Um, and I haven't created any uh, characters 
from it. And I didn't have any intention of uh, super duper using it, uh, at, at least at this point in the story, but I needed some sort of culture. And so I exported that burden to my players. And I think... Uh, it was mostly Yessie and Zach. It was though. mostly mostly Yessie and Zach that uh, did <laughs> Sorry, the brunt work of helping create the uh, the culture and lifestyle of what goes on in uh, Alvadar. Alvadir? I can't even... I don't I, I don't have it pulled up in front of me and it's just because it's so not important. Alvadar. A-L-V-A-D-A-R. Alvadar. And that's kind of an, an easy segue into at Jabron, or Jabroni, I don't know, G, at J-A-B-R-O-N-E underscore 77 on Twitter asks, it's impressive how you've not only come up with your own world full of a population and an air of uh, political unrest in some aspects, but an entire p- pantheon that comes from a creation story. I'd like to hear that coming into being from a creative side. What influences you? How do you create your map in the cities? How do you decide to populate the cities with certain races. Are some NPCs from previous campaigns that fit into your current arc? That one's the easiest to answer. The answer is no. Um, this is a completely separate campaign it com- uh, from any that I've run in the past. Um, no, Steven. Uh, Steven is writing something on the du- Google Doc that I can't quite interpret yet. Um, as far as the Pantheon is concerned, that's taken directly from... Uh, fourth edition be, just because we we played a couple really long campaigns in it and it was a pantheon that i knew and could uh use and i like the story of the dawn war mm-hmm. uh and that answers mark harris who's mark underscore d underscore harris on twitter question uh who actually gave us our first itunes review that's um the origin episode seemed to draw a lot on fourth edition mythology yeah we we have played a lot of for you in the past mm-hmm. yeah um as far as cities and uh, the map is concerned, I kind of just created the um, the general plot of an empire trying to expand into another region and that sort of political tension, and I needed a reason for that political tension to exist. And so I uh, created an occupation, which was cutting off a supply route to a strait, and then, well, why couldn't they just walk across the continent or find another uh, port, and that's because the, the the only other ports are landlocked to a certain extent or are locked behind that strait, and uh, there's a whole bunch of conflict physically on, on the land between uh, the Pandominion and Zadal. So it all just came about out of story necessity, really. Um, as far as deciding how those cities and certain races looked. I don't know. I just put them somewhere. I decided... I, I went through the uh, player's handbook and select areas that make sense to me, and I use magic to explain it all. <laughs> somebody somebody ask, else ask a question. Sarah hasn't answered one. Sarah, um, our friend Green Mage, asks, how did you get into gaming? I found that the barrier to entry for women seems to be rather high, but I'm always encouraged by people like yourself. I got into specifically D&D, you know, I always play video games, that's pretty standard for our generation, but um, I got into D&D just because y'all have been playing D&D for a while, because um, y'all played like two or three campaigns before I came in, right? Yeah. Um, how did I get in with you guys? I honestly don't remember. I was just it like, was campaign, out with Jesse. Yeah. 
Yeah, we yeah, were, I need another person. Yeah, we were like having lunch at your house, and I was like, hey, <laughs> you're nerdy. Oh, yeah, I used to feed you all the time. Aww. Aww. Sarah's an excellent cook, by the way. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. Anyway, um, so yeah, Jesse invited me on, and like, I'd always wanted to play D&D. I really like, um, turn-based, uh, like, fighting in games. I really like Kingdom Hearts. Uh, shout out to, uh, Paper Mario for best <laughs> turn-based, turn-based, uh, battles in the whole world i love those games so much Not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> i hope we get sued by them please god let us get sued um, but yeah so <laughs> that's true uh anyway uh, so yeah i really love turn-based games and so i always thought D would be cool but i didn't know anyone actually played it um and so it was cool that yesi and y'all were playing it so i got in last year on that campaign had no idea what on God's earth I was doing. I decided to play a Scion, which is like the most freaking complicated character ever. Don't play Scions. Um, or at least not in your first time ever playing games. Anyway, um, honestly, there's not... The only barrier for women into gaming is men who are assholes. So, like, <laughs> I had no barriers because my friends are cool. Um, and maybe some sort of idea that's perpetuated that women shouldn't play games but like if you're perpetuating that idea stop and if you're listening to someone perpetuating that idea also stop and if you're around people who are perpetuating the idea that women shouldn't play games get away from them because they're assholes <laughs> like i don't know i've never seemed to have much of a problem getting into games and i think it's just because i'm around great people and because like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So, I don't know. I think that's a good question. I think that's a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> Why did hey, you make Sarah, it rainbowy on Google Doc? On my high horse? High horse. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I said so many nice things about you guys. No, I didn't. There was nothing high horse about that at all. I mean, that's just. Except for the last part. No. I think what I thought what you said was fair, and I'm glad you said it. Yeah, I'm just giving you crap, Sarah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so we'll stand on that high horse all day. You're gonna. Scream. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how? That's the only way to get any higher. I'm going to awkward to to really struggle to use the segue. How did you look from up there? Uh, to ask this question from. Uh, Gabriel Riviera, uh, young Gabriel Seven on Twitter, young with a U, because, because why not? Um, the question is: Have you guys ever considered uh, playing these games with a video? It would be really cool to see you actually playing. And while we're at it, we'll uh, answer the anonymous question from uh, somebody on Tumblr: What is your recording setup? A hot mess. I feel like it would honestly, it sounds more exciting than it actually is. Because, <laughs> like, I agree. If we were, if we were all sitting together, that'd be another story. But like, I think that that is kind of what the question's asking, though. Is like, do because I don't know if everyone knows that we play like hours apart from each other. Yeah. Um. But I think that he's saying it would be cool to see us playing in a video like together. Oh, I see. Which might be something we could do in the future. 
um, at some point, depending on other things, you know. That means- <laughs> like all being in the same geographic location? Right. Yeah. But, like, like, say there was something worthwhile, like, that was getting us to that point, then, like, we'd yeah. be incentivized to do that. Maybe Christmas. Also, also, oh, Christmas. the thing about seeing us all on video, it's so much easier to edit just sound if we do something really stupid and it needs to oh be, like, gosh. cut out of the middle, which I have had a couple uh... of clunkers personally. So, like, <laughs> while a video can be edited, their continuity looks a little different in a video setup. And certainly, <laughs> certainly if you were to watch us do this live, there is way more tomfoolery like this is a serious campaign, but we are not serious people. So we, most of the time, we're like back here making rude jokes and, and saying dumb things. Yeah, uh, uh, Stephen and Yessi are the only people that are in a room together. Uh, the rest of us are just spread out across two states. Um, yeah. And I, I can isolate the things that Steven and Yessi whisper to each other <laughs> when I'm editing this. Uh, all you have to do is press mute. Well, we know that Joe can edit it out later. That's true. Uh, Since I said burden on me. <laughs> what you can't see is the fits of hysterical laughter that we engage in when somebody says something really silly, but we yeah. don't want to point it out. If there was a video, there'd be a lot of me and Steven holding our breath. <laughs> <laughs> there are. Uh, I also, if okay, there was so... a video, I would have to like shower before. <laughs> right, like I'm in my jammies. There's nothing attractive <laughs> yeah, about what I'm doing right now. Like we usually do this on Sunday morning, and a lot of times I go yeah. out on Saturday night. So like yeah, I've got like last night's makeup and like. <laughs> hangoverness it's like not a good not a good look although that's a that's an interesting segue uh to another question to you sarah um this is from the green mage and it says my wife and i saw some of your pictures on instagram and we want to know where you got your colored lipstick um well that's a great question this is a D podcast so i think my instagram is public so just comment on my instagrams and i'll tell you what brand it is there rad uh, Steven, seeing as you're a music teacher, what instruments do you play? And what grade levels do you teach? Uh, That's also from Green Mage. Yes, also from Green Mage. Green Mage for caring at all. Um, the first instrument I learned was piano, and I played that for years. I've probably been playing the piano for close to 20 years now, 17 maybe. I really don't know exactly. I'd have to count to figure out when I started, but it's been a while started uh, in sixth grade. I joined band as a percussionist, so, and that's what I studied in college, so I consider percussion my primary instrument. Technically, as a music teacher, I can hypothetically, quote, play everything, and by everything, I mean all of the, like, standard band instruments, um, but... Well, didn't you take string methods, though? So yes, can, I can also quote, play... Quote, unquote, play a string instrument. I can play them enough to get somebody started, but, like, there are some instruments that never need to see me ever again. <laughs> The, the abuse that I visit upon an oboe and a flute both is just <laughs> absurd. Um, uh, I teach K through 12. The The school I, I teach at is quite small. Uh, I see most of the whole school. It's about 500 kids a week, and it's it's kindergarten through, uh, you know, high school, all in the same building. Shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a band, and... Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, we're we're pretty cool. 
the band is Any Given Room. You can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. We've released a single. Our EP is coming out hopefully sometime this week, maybe next week. Um, I play piano in that band, um, which is a cool thing to say because, like, piano is not something you think about being in, like, a rock band kind of setting unless you're playing essentially jump. Um, and I'm never playing that again. Um, ben Folds. Ben Folds is Ben Folds, okay, but that's like, that's Ben Folds. Ben Folds is the rock band. Yeah, like, there's a band around Ben Folds. <laughs> it's a little different. I'm not Ben Folds. But anyway, so like, that's pretty cool. You should check us out. We have an Instagram, um, and you can follow us on Bands in Town if you care. Uh, or you can check out our YouTube, Spotify, uh, iTunes. Got another question. Does Grimton, Yessie, have any love interests? If so, what is his approach to relationships? Any advice for other dwarves out there? (laughs) (laughs) I've been really trying now. Although it really hasn't come up uh, in our campaign, I think what we decided, uh, we as in me and Joe, was that Grimton is actually asexual. And uh, that's why he never had any uh, a wife or kids of his own. As far as advice for other dwarves out there, uh, you know, it's tough. It can be tough. But you just, you got to take care of your beard and, like, tough it out. <laughs> <laughs> just got to take care of your beard and tough it out. That's my life motto. Same. <laughs> Joe. Yeah. What advice do you have for somebody who wants to DM um, Green Mage asks, I've checked out some of, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Want to say that name for me, Joe? Uh, Kuvils? Kuvils? Okay, I don't know. Um, but the Green Mage would like some more advice on what it's like to be a DM. Give us some- yeah, we've, we've also, uh, got a similar question from an anonymous person on the Tumblr. Any tips for a new DM making a campaign? How do I make sure it's interesting and keep players involved? Um... 40 page question. And I would say to to both of those, export as much as you can to the players. <laughs> um, because the players are going to keep themselves, they're, they're going to uh, answer the um, character questions with stuff that they enjoy um, and that stuff that they're interested in seeing. And then um, compile all that, be really thoughtful in, uh, in, in that compilation, and then try to work those things into uh, whatever conflict is at hand as far as 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 far as developing uh, a story i for the system that i use at the cusp again i kind of answered this before uh, i started out with the idea for the conflict and then be primarily because i wanted to use uh the primal spirits in the campaign and i was trying to figure out a way uh in which i could uh use the primal spirits as a as a force and the entire pantheon of uh high gods as a force and then i just created my map from there and then just like gave uh cities and cultures uh to different areas um and i'm i just have a good time with it and uh feed off of whatever my players give me uh Another small bit of advice, if you don't mind me mm-hmm. saying. Um, if you're new to DMing, um, I would highly recommend starting with the, like, 
supplemental products that with the the Wizards of the Coast puts out, like the the Horde of the Dragon Queen, one of those books. They actually have a pre-built adventure that you can follow along with if it's your first time ever DMing, and usually that's a little easier than trying to build a whole world on your own, um, like the very first time. I'll say this too, to also kind of tag in with that, um, just about like. There are lots of different kinds of DMs. There's you know, no one way to go about this. <clears throat> and, like, we, when we play, like, Joe is a very, like, story-focused person. And not, not to say that Joe doesn't know his, like, mechanics or whatever. But, like, y'all, we play by some house rules. And, like, a lot of times we'll let sort of plot gravity do things more so. So, like, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is that there is no... Like, right way to DM. There's certainly lots of wrong things to do, but um, I, I think Zach has has good advice there. But in terms of DMing, as long as your players are having a good time, and if you've got listeners, like if you're making a show, I mean that's a, a little different. But if everybody's having a good time, nobody's losing. So that's the main focus. Uh, and as that was a perfect segue uh, into a question from at Boneclad Nomad on Twitter. Um, he says that they love the story, which means that, unfortunately, all the questions are, are rules-based, i.e. in episode 009, when Morlinde uh, killed a guy because he went down to minus one HP. That's not a thing in 5e. You have to go unconscious and have death saving throws. To which I respond... Oops. <laughs> Oops from you, maybe, but totally yeah. purposeful for me. Uh, <laughs> number, number one, uh, I'm going to argue that mechanically um, that the character that was killed was a monster and so i don't have to do those same death saving throws and also number two i wanted more linda to kill somebody because i think it'd be interesting <laughs> because i like to add that sort of character tension yeah yeah that kind of messed more linda up a little bit yep yay <laughs> uh, this is a question for the whole cast you, where do you as a player most want to go in the cusp? Ooh. Ooh, um, let me look at the thing. So I'd really like to actually go to Alvadar, or Alvandar. <laughs> Alvadar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that that would be really cool. I'd also really like to go to the uh, kingdom, uh, or the, what, what is it called? Um, Zadal. Um, mm-hmm. Zadal, yeah. 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 And, you know, the Valley of Monsters would be kind of fun whenever we get to, like, level 30 or something. Yeah, that's, that's definitely what gets my vote, the Valley of Monsters. It just sounds promising. <laughs> I, I want to check out the the, the Thunder-shaped clan. Um, yeah. Largely just because it is literally the farthest thing away from us on the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also... Um, I imagine that there could be... Uh, if I remember right, one of the gnome clans farther out west um also my character is a little bit a little bit of gnomish lore that i made up entirely for this campaign um gnomes are are nomadic people that i didn't necessarily make up um and as a a bit of of a a reason for that is because they're they used to live in this place they now just refer to as the ancient hollow but for whatever reason they had to leave and so now they're always searching for that home, that original home. Um, and for Ulrich, like 
again, that being the farthest thing away, be like the coolest place to go see if the ancient hollow is there. Write that down in my character. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to the labyrinth, just saying. Yeah. Let's go. Any Anybody else have any questions that they want to ask? Let me look one last time. Does it bother you that you're being recorded? Do you hate your voice? Eh. You... <laughs> Was that a yes or a no? I got over that real fast. Yeah. I used to hate my voice, I guess, but... Yeah. I... Like, I'm just going to sound like a goober all the time anyway, and that means that's how I sound normally to everyone else anyway, so I just have to accept that I'm actually a goober. My biggest... <laughs> a goofy goober? Yeah. <laughs> I wish I sounded more dwarven, is my only thing. <laughs> so, what are, yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, character voices? Is, is there anything, like, subtly linguistic that you uh, make sure to purposefully throw in, or... Is it all mostly uh, content or like vocal content that distinguishes when your character is speaking versus when you're speaking? For me personally, it's mostly content. But if you ask me to like break out the dwarven, I'm just going to warn you. It's going to be straight up Spanish. <laughs> uh, can you can you give us a sample of what dwarven sounds like? It's más temprano for uh, dwarvish. ¿Cómo se dice dwarvish en español? Um, hey there, Advantage D&D. This is Jeremiah calling in from Central Illinois, and I wanted to call into the show and uh, tell you that you guys are doing a great job and that I'm really enjoying this campaign. I love the story of the cusp and the pandominion and Isatalos and your little party, so I'm very glad you all are telling it. And I want to tell you to keep up the good work. I know it's hard at times with technical difficulties and uh, some problems, but I think you guys are doing awesome. I also wanted to call into the show to ask you all about your uh, previous gaming history or what communities you belong to right now. I myself started playing Yu-Gi-Oh! and moved on over to Magic the Gathering, and now I would like to get into D&D more. And so I, uh, that's why I'm listening to your campaign. But I was wondering, uh, where did you come from in the gaming industry? Did you start with D&D? Has it always been role-playing? Or have you played other games like Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic or something online? Or maybe you belong to the board game community. So uh, keep up the good work. I'd love to hear back from you all, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. So keep it up. We'll gotcha. see you guys Thanks, later. Thanks, Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah is the Green Mage 14. Um, so to put, to, to put a voice to that Twitter handle... Um, for, for me personally, I got into gaming visiting, uh, my friend Bailey and Bailey had the fourth edition player's handbook, uh, just sitting out in her living room and I started fiddling through it and, uh, she invited me to sit in with her D and D campaign that she was running, uh, the next day. I know all of I was in that. that yeah, that was about four years ago. Yeah, I know. Zach were both wow. in that group. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was at 207. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my kobold, my, my version of Draconic when I was speaking as the kobold whose name I don't remember, uh, sounded like... <laughs> that sounds like Draconic to me. Sounds like Draconic to me. <laughs> For me, in terms of gaming, uh, kind of like Sarah said before, I'm 
you know, we've all played some video games. I definitely grew up in an RPG heavy game world. Like I loved the Final Fantasy games. I definitely, as a kid, played, you know, Pokemon, definitely played Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, and then as I got a little older, played played Magic. Definitely, I think, as, as an aside, Magic is Yu-Gi-Oh! with your big boy pants on. And, like, I just <laughs> want to put that out there. Uh, Gonna offend some people. <laughs> potentially. You might cut that, Joe. Who knows? But that is, but it's true. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the irritating thing about Dungeons & Dragons is that if you want to play, you either have to, like, educate yourself and then be the dm or find find people who already know how to play and are playing so like i've wanted to play since high school but i didn't get a chance i barely count the campaign with bailey yeah. that was a train wreck uh it was a good time and it was a good introduction um but it was a bit of a nightmare uh i really think of my first experience actually being the one that joe is the dm for user? Yeah, getting into Dungeons and Dragons is hard if you don't have friends that are already playing it. Um, I, I was I started playing video games before I could read, and then I played infinite card games. I used to um, have a big poster of all the Pokemon, and every time I'd get a new card, I would circle it on the poster, um, and I had them all organized. Um, then I started playing Yu-Gi-Oh for a long time. Nice. Uh, and then when I got to college, uh. Everything kind of just took off. Started playing Magic. Uh, I traveled to Grand Prix for that and big tournaments all the time. Um, play a lot of D and D, um, other RPGs like Numenera, uh, the Warhammer RPG, um, Infestation uh, RPG where you play as bugs. I've played Infinite Games, um, all all sorts of board games. I've traveled to the board game uh, geek convention in Texas a couple times. Or once, or I don't know. We're planning on going again. Um, it's gaming is awesome, and I encourage anyone to do it. I don't remember if Pokemon came first for me or if Yu-Gi-Oh did, and then I uh, transitioned to Magic. Uh, like I think most of us that have played, <laughs> but uh, we used I've, to all play together. <laughs> I've I've come to the realization that Game Freak is going to get my money until they stop making Pokemon games. And I've, I've just embraced that. Um, <laughs> the Legend of Dragoon is a great RPG, and as you get a sequel... Dude, I love The Legend of Dragoon. Shout out. Not a sponsor. <laughs> and, uh, Please sue us. Sue us! I've only recently gotten back into video gaming um, after a long dry spell. But uh, I started playing D&D in high school thanks to one Aaron Anderson, who... Aww. <laughs> Sarah knows Aaron. Aww, and, friends! And, uh... Do you listen to us? You need to call him and tell him to listen to us. Maybe. Shout he, out to Aaron Anderson? He might be busy preparing for law school. Shout out to Yeah, him. he's brilliant. <laughs> Shout out! But, uh, he invited me to a campaign that one of his friends was running in. Here I am now. Nice. The definite like secret club element of this, like. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Springdalians though. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> um, while we're doing shout outs, you you guys want to try to do credits all together? I don't know how do you guys want to do this. I, I'm interested in, uh, in just like 
providing all the information and then throwing it in your court and seeing what happens. Audience, I'm sorry if this ends up being a train wreck. So what are we what are we trying to do? Read the credits. <laughs> okay. Yep. Okay, so here's here's how we should do this. Um you know that you know the game where you're like trying to count to twenty as a group <laughs> and if you Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, time. Yeah. Three. Um we should do that with these. Like we just like all try and say one word. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was not a real suggestion. Okay, good. Or you could do like so there's there's multiple chunks. There's actually one, two, three, four, five chunks. What a quinky ink. Are there five of us? Yeah. Everybody pick a chunk. <laughs> Alright, I get I call social it. media. Um I don't care. I'll do the thanks, I guess. I'll do the website. I guess I'll do Dark Silver Forge. Right on. And Joe can do the part labeled Joe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good luck, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, you go, you go first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're welcome for that. We'd like to thank Daniel Grayling for providing our graphic art. Blake Boast for our music. Boss. Blake Boss. Blake Boss for providing. <laughs> <laughs> you not know Blake. I, you no, played with Blake. We've played with Blake. I don't say his last name. <laughs> We'd like to thank Daniel Grayling for providing our graphic art. Blake Boss for a musical score. You can check him out at soundcloud.com slash blakebost. <laughs> Labor of Love Graphics for our website. Check them out at laboroflovegraphics.com. That's Joe's mom. That's my mom. Thanks, mom. I didn't know that. Yeah. Love you, mom. Man, I just thought this was some cool, <laughs> like, other person out there that just thought we were neat. And her last name is Love. La oh. Yeah, so it's good. Labor <laughs> of Love. It's brilliant. <laughs> it is. She's, uh, she specializes in small businesses um, and was more than willing to help me out with this, this stupid project and has been nothing but supportive of Advantage, which is fantastic. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. Speaking of Labor of Love graphics and their help with our website, you can check that out at AdvantageDnd.com, where you can find maps and location details for the world of the cusp, um, player and character bios for all of us, um, and we're working on a page for notable NPCs. We also have a cool deal with Dark Silver Forge. Hey, stop typing stuff, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We also have a cool deal with Dark Silver Forge, which is exciting. Um, and they're offering 10% off for Advantage listeners, which is cool. And they have high quality products for discerning role playing gamers, um, which is us. I think I'm pretty discerning, don't you? Um, they have Dragon Steel and Cthulhu Gold Metal dice sets. I haven't seen these yet, so I'm gonna go check those out because Cthulhu Gold sounds really cool. Um, it's cast zinc alloy, and the D20 is five and a half times heavier than a normal plastic die. This is really cool. Um, yeah, is, every everybody, go ahead and Google it right now. That is everybody so on on air. I'm gonna get DarkSilverForge.com. I don't care what it looks anyway, so go ahead and use the code ADVANTAGEDND, D no space, all caps, and get 10% off everything on the website. I'm going to look this so up did right you not, now. Did you not know that we were doing this? I knew you were doing it. I just didn't look it up. Okay, this looks super... Oh, man, it comes in this, like, really badass Altoids can, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Dustin and an Altoid scan. That's <laughs> when you see this, it'll make more sense. Heavy metal. But I like that. I like that caption. The Dude, to be D20. honest, Dragon like still D twenty. Yeah. I mean, I've been thinking I... about getting metal dice because they're cool. I want some. Right. Look at these things. They're badass. It's, oh, I like the Cthulhu gold. I do Ooh. too. I normally think gold is really tacky, Ooh. but it does. No, this is freaking cool. Next oh my time God. I treat myself, it'll be to some dragon steel dice. I tell you what. <laughs> That's true. Using that promo code advantagednd.com. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> For 10% off. From the um, players, this is awesome. Also, yeah, like. And that, that was also their like first look, so those are genuine reactions. <laughs> yeah, this is. It's Cast a bit of an reacts. investment. Um, it's less of an investment with 10% off, um, but it is an investment that oh, yeah, even as a casual player, I am super down to make the next time I get a, a steady or like yeah. a good paycheck that I feel and like wasting some money. As a math teacher, I use my D&D dice all the time to explain uh, 3D shapes <laughs> to students. So like <laughs> they have other uses. And if I could leave my old dice at school and use these cool new dice, I've been looking at buying some new ones, so this is cool. Me too, yeah. I've probably got, I don't know, six sets of... You have uh, a lot of dice. Full dice sets. It's absurd, but none of them are uh, are fancy and metal like that. And yeah. I can't... Oh, I'm really torn between, like, do I, use, do I just use my classic, like, chess axe ones? Or do I treat myself? And I really want to treat myself. Next paycheck. Next paycheck. Um... So, uh, other fun stuff that's going on uh, I just got done last week re recording the Switch series second episode with uh, How Friends Roll and uh, Sully, Kristen, and Alex it was incredible um, I've got about three hours of content that I'm going to need to edit down and spit out um, again this was recorded in like mid-June five days afterwards so I don't know when you guys are going to hear this but hopefully that is out to you right now and if not, we'll always think it should have been. Um, How Friends Roll is our sibling podcast. They're an incredible listen. It's um, a series of uh, short campaigns, which is super duper fun. Um, you can check them out on iTunes and on Twitter at How Friends Roll. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. All of our handles are Advantage D&D. That is Advantage, the letter D, the letter N, the letter D. Um, our email Dragons, is fancy and dungeons. <laughs> our email is advantagednd at gmail.com. The show is advantage, not advantage D&D. Advantage D&D is just our consistent handle that we use for online branding sake. Um, and if anybody wants to share their personal social media handles. Follow me on Twitter and Insta because I'm obsessed with gaining followers. Um, I'm at oh dear underscore Sarah. That is at O-Deer underscore Sarah, O-H-D-E-A-R. You can find me on, on most social medias at hashtag Joe Love. That's hashtag spelled out. Um, it's it's fun. I I think that we I post decent content. All I post is food. Food, <laughs> well, I cooked it. Or cool lipsticks. You can so also out, follow yeah. um, the Instagram I have made for my super adorable dog, his name is Finn, and the Instagram is Finn the Puppy. That is F-I-N-N-D-A Puppy, all one word, no caps or underscores or anything, uh, where you can just basically see pictures of a super adorable dog and all of his fuzzy friends. Yes, you're Zach. 
Nah, I don't really post anything. Okay. I think my Twitter is at Yessi Lemus. Like, capital Y, capital If it's a question... <laughs> I mean, my, my Twitter is at SuperZatch. With an E. It's Zach with an E. Um, yeah, I, I haven't Because it's how you say with a CH, like, Zatch. But, um, I don't... I, most of the things I do is just retweeting whatever Advantage po posts out, so... <laughs> <laughs> He's dedicated. If you want to get it twice, there you go. If you want to get it twice, I'm on the Advantage, uh, Twitter Advantage D&D Twitter, um, pretty much, like, five or six times a day, so I'm always down to chat and talk about stuff, uh, your campaigns, our campaign, just, you know, whatever. I want to make friends with you. <laughs> um, it's a good song, Joe. It was a good song, I know. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and just have fun. Hey, y'all want to do iTunes reviews? Sure. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and check out the Moop, um, who has labeled us, and I quote, revolutionary, captivating, inspiring. The This podcast sets a new standard for the genre. The cast is sensational, the production level is beyond comparison, and the story is narr uh, narratively arousing. Five stars. And while I think, <laughs> the, the quote is over, while I think they're being a little bit generous, uh, I do appreciate it. I, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that person, so I don't think it's just our <laughs> friends getting on, being silly. <laughs> I've got one um, labeled "It's Okay" from Braden. It's a five-star okay though. So <laughs> thanks, thanks, Braden. <laughs> Is there a Braden we know? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know any. Our friends don't care. <laughs> so like. <laughs> These are all strangers. True. Our friends do not give two crap well, about this show. One of, one of Zach's friends cares. This is from uh, Katie Beth B. Hands down, the best DMD podcast I've ever listened to. This is Zach's best podcast performance yet. Zach, can you uh, go ahead and describe your full resume of podcasts? Yeah. Uh, you know, Advantage D&D. Um, it's just Advantage. Well, the D&D <laughs> isn't in the name. No. <laughs> We just had that discussion. This is why I'm not gonna get any more podcast work. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get the plugs right. Um, I'm gonna read another one. This is uh, from hashtag Joe Love. It says, I'll admit that I'm the game's DM, Joe, but that doesn't make my genuine love of this story less real. The cast and I are playing a campaign that is deep, thoughtful, and serious, and we would love to share it with you. It's an open world out there, and I'm incredibly excited to see where their journey takes them. Um, I, I do have to say, uh, we just got done recording. Um, I'm going to predict it as uh, episode 18, shooting that number out there. Wow. And I am absolutely astounded with uh, what's going on. That's That was really Mata, uh, Joe. <laughs> it was. The great artist Mata. All hail. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll read one. This is from Tiny Yikes, um, and they say, Wonderful story. Advantage has a great story and is fun to listen to. Whether you've been playing D&D your whole life or have no clue what it is, this podcast is definitely worth a listen. Thanks, Tiny Yikes. Thanks, Tiny Yikes. 
That's a person that I like a lot and think is great. <laughs> I got one over here from Slade in MKE. Um, fantastic podcast that just got uh, turned uh, tuned turned onto after listening. You to try that, that again, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic podcast that just got turned onto after listening to How Friends Roll. It's been fun listening to the podcast and story of all. Can't wait for what I hope is an eventual collaboration between the two. Keep up the great work. This is from a little while back. We actually do have that collaboration out now. Hopefully you've listened to it. And hopefully you've, you might hear the second one. Again, I don't know when that's going to come out. Hopefully soon. Uh, I'll tackle the one from Ace10788. Uh, quote, I've listened to a, uh, quite a few D&D podcasts and unsubscribed from a few, but this one is one of the best. Lots of good character development going on here. Thank you very much, Ace. This is from uh, Simmons85K. Awesome, serious podcast. I've been listening to D&D podcasts for a few months now, and I recently found this one at the recommendation of How Friends Roll. This one is serious, where a lot are lighter on the story and focus on things being funny. For me, that seriousness is a good thing. The characters are well fleshed out, and I'm only four episodes in. I highly recommend it to anybody interested in story. I agree, and that's actually... Uh, one of the the points of um, one of the niches that I w- that I wanted to hit with advantage uh, because I there are tons of uh, I shouldn't say tons there are a lot of really really good and really well produced comedy D and D shows out there but I um, aside from like God's Fall and uh, uh, Sneak Attack g- uh, shout outs to them. I, I really don't see a lot of uh, serious shows, and I, I needed that fulfilled in uh, my podcast listening, and so here we are. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, f- friends, w- what are your thoughts on episode four, The Consumption? Oh, oh that's The Consumption? Yeah. Is that the oh, episode we can talk about this now. where the fire actually happens? Because we ended one, and it was like, and everything's on fire. We'll see you next week. And then that was that was episode three. Epi- then, episode zero zero four consumption is um, when we get to the Isitalis. actual when you get to Isotalis and everything's on fire. I I want to say this because I don't actually know if it's on air anywhere. Um, presumably Joe knew this was going to happen, but I did not when I said it. There's a moment. Earlier in a few a few episodes, I, this still gets to me like as a as oh an uh, plot element. A few episodes before that, during the voting session, when Ulrich turns to Incanus before before they vote and is like, "Promise me we won't all burn for this." Yep, that was episode zero zero two, customs and traditions, yeah. and it was the most perfectly accidental thing I've ever heard on. Yeah. And it, it was 100% an accident because I had no way of knowing that Joe was going to burn down everything. Although, I don't think Joe, Joe, you knew you knew that things were going to burn, but the amount that burned depended on rolls, right? I'm, yes. You knew it would be him. Because um, was it like how much we didn't yes, die or whatever? Yes, yes and no. Um, this entire series is all based on your consequences and are based off the consequences of your actions. Um, had, had the roles turned out in favor of the other way and uh, the Pandominion wasn't allowed to enter into the watched forest, this would be a completely different show. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. 
But anyway, nothing, nothing, nothing is written in stone plot-wise. Uh, it's all up to you. You, you did know that an, an option at least was the fire. Oh yeah, I, I needed some sort of catastrophe. So that that to me is still like the coolest moment, storyline-wise. So the, thank you so much, Simmons eighty five K. This is from Chancellor Lee. Great storytelling. I can't wait to get caught up and see where the DM takes the crew. So well written and set up. Thanks for deciding to record the campaign and doing so much work. Uh, you're very welcome. Again, I'm not taking them anywhere. They are taking themselves places, and I'm just following along, kind of placing railroad tracks in front of a moving train, if you will. The bone-clad nomad writes, oh, and this person follows us on Twitter um, and communicates with us sometimes, right? Yeah, quite, a lot. quite often. Yeah. Um, bone-clad's great. And uh, they say, amazing, one of the best D&D podcasts out there. Aww. This and maybe one or two others are the reason that I even downloaded iTunes to write a review. I love these guys, and they are worth listening to. I look forward to many wonderful episodes. Thanks so much for Thanks. being a friend of the show, Boneclad. And for um, downloading iTunes just to write a review. That's, that is some serious bro points right there. I do want to apologize to all the people that don't have iTunes and don't frequent iTunes as, a, as an app or a means of... Uh, receiving our podcast um it's not that your podcatchers and that your listenership is unvalued to yeah not valuable to us it's just that itunes is just way easier to compile and having a good itunes stat usually reflects how it's going at large and how the show is going at large and so it's just easiest to gather information from itunes to be able to use it elsewhere but I do realize that there are a um, a ton of different podcatchers that our RSS feed goes to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all should tweet at us and tell us what you're listening on because I I'm interested. I actually do you have, have an entire. Data? I do have that data. Um, it's on our SoundCloud, which I will uh, offer you access to here in a sec. Sweet. Once we get done reading iTunes. Norma Jake says, "Great podcast. This is one of the best." First-timer podcasts I've ever listened to. Great characters, players, and excellent storytelling. Thank you, Norma Jake. Our, our first ever iTunes review was from uh, MDH iTunes, who also follows us on Twitter. It says, off to a great start, only a few episodes out as of this writing. I think there were only like episode 000 and 001. Um, but the background and the characters sound great. Really appreciate that review. You're also the only person that's ever given us four stars. <laughs> so there's a little bit of beef but at the same time thank you so much <laughs> no but you really are a, a wonderful friend of the show from beastmill fsu ah freaking amazing this dm pod this dnd podcast is amazing and i listen to these guys every week highly recommend you subscribe thanks beast mode fsu go seminoles and that's impressive that he listens every week since we only come out every week. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. He's like, this guy's more committed. <laughs> what does Beast Mode no FAQ th- have in our rooms that I don't know about? No need to throw them under the bus. Nah, no, that's cool, and I do um, appreciate it. No, no, it was, yeah. I mean, I realize I just threw MDHI under the bus. But, um... I just think it's cool that like anybody cares, let alone let alone people in like other countries who have absolutely no reason to care. Yeah. 
that aren't are outside of our immediate friend group. Right, like for people that we can physically talk to and twist their arm into getting to listen to the show, that's one thing. But like for people who just objectively are checking it out, that's the coolest thing to me. Who in the Isle of Man? <laughs> what? <laughs> 55 people, actually. UK's got some good stats. So without, without talking about numbers on uh, the episodes directly, we can talk about number of listens per uh, per country and what we find fascinating about that. But um, for curiosity's sake, hopefully and obviously our most downloaded episode is going to be number 000 in the beginning, um, which is really great. And we continue to receive uh, listens on that episode per day, which is incredible wow. because that always that always means that we're growing that we're gaining new listeners or um at least that people are going back and listening i don't know if that counts as a statistic but it's good and it makes us all very very happy um it's also crazy like i know we've been working on this for a while but like i still think of this as like a startup thing we're 14 episodes in like yeah like because you know at first it was like check us out next time you know there's only one episode out but but there'll be two eventually but now it's like nah go binge listen like (laughs) oh my gosh my um my roommate who just moved away r.i.p and um a couple of my other friends who are moving out of town downloaded the podcast to like binge listen Mm -hmm. oh yeah i was um i was a little annoyed with him because i'd always be like listen to my podcast listen to my podcast because he listens to lots of podcasts but he said it was weird because I would be like talking in the other room and then he'd be trying to listen to the podcast. And he was like, I'm just going to have to wait. And I was like, fine. <laughs> but he doesn't live with me anymore. So. Obviously, our most of our listenership is based in the U.S. Um, and then the the next uh, holding the rest of the podium is the U.K. and Canada. Um, stuff that I'm really fascinated about is the Isle of Man uh, and Number one, why that doesn't count as the UK, I don't know. Um, if if you live in the UK and you do know the answer, and I uh, deframed uh, something about Britain, I'm sorry, but I think it's interesting well, that the Isle of Man is like number seven on it's our a list. Self-governing British Crown dependency. So it's a colony. I uh... <laughs> colony might not be the right word there, Joe. It sounds like a colony. They have like ninety thousand people, though. That's like not a lot. That's like, Sounds like a colony. Their flag is cool, though. <laughs> over there. Their flag is like three legs, like sticking out of each other. It looks like a fidget spinner made of legs. That's terrifying. Yep. You just you just ruined ever. Please don't talk about fidget spinners. I'm so done with. Fidget I know. Spinners. I know. I'm already. I've been done with them as long as you've been done with them. Yeah. That being said, you're also 100% accurate. Now that I'm looking at it. <laughs> Yep. Um, also, shout out to the people listening from uh, the Republic of Moldova. Yeah. And like Lithuania and Estonia. Or like French Polynesia. Yeah. Yeah. Show that one listener out there. Isn't Moldova cool. like Doctor Doom is? Am I getting that wrong? I don't know who Doctor yeah, Doom no, is. I think it's yeah. I think it's Lithuania. Yeah, I think I, it's. I'd also or like it's to... some made-up name that sounds a lot like that. Let's go with that. I'd like to give a shout out to the people in Australia listening to this. Yeah. Because like not only is that excessively far away, but everything in Australia is made to kill you. So the fact that you can find the time to listen to a pot no, I'm just kidding. Um 
<laughs> Instead of defending your house yeah. from, uh, from uh, giant spiders. Yeah, whatever is out to get you. Something to listen to on the run. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Um, it's Latveria. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> no, nah, these are just like, like I said, that even, even that there are people. You know, I, I jokingly did that shout out to the one person in French Polynesia, but like, that's cool because none of us have any connection to French Polynesia. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, yeah, the fact that there's somebody in Croatia and Cambodia, it's it's fascinating, and I I do recognize that we have a really small listenership to in comparison to a ton of other shows, but like the fact that we have a listenership is just so cool yeah. and really humbling. Like, yeah, I didn't I didn't <laughs> quite know what to expect when. Uh, when we were going to start this, and, like, I, I expected it to be a tiny, tiny number, um, and only in, like, my wildest dreams could I ever hope to uh, get, like, the 550,000 listens per episode that, uh, say, the Adventure Zone gets. And now, we're not even one, maybe even a half of a percent. I'm not good at math. Sarah, I'm sure you can uh, <laughs> determine this. But, like, even out of our total listens, we're not even we're a half of a, a percent. percent. Well, let me look at that number again. I have too many mailbag tabs open. There we go. Ah, I'll figure it out in a second. Even this single percentage point is just incredible to all of us. True. Yeah, I kind of thought that the only people who were going to listen to this was, like, our moms. I'm so glad my mom doesn't listen to this. I don't even think my mom listens to it. I don't think my, my mom, mom listens, listens to, to it, it Hi, mom. Mom. <laughs> My, I, she, she told me last time that she's having trouble finding something to play podcasts on and i was like lady i'll set it up for you and nothing happened so there are so many podcatchers mom um did you say did you say your mom will listen if it's in spanish yes i told you to read that the whole thing yes that's all you have to do <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the yes he does all the voices uh even if it was in spanish you can cut this part out joe but i'm sure she'd think it's satanic or something <laughs> can i keep it in Sure, she's not gonna hear. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer to all our, uh, all of our listeners uh, out there: we are not Satanists. If you're, oh, yeah. if you're down with Satan, sure. But like, if you are, I mean, I'm in seminary. Uh, to to answer a question from um, that we didn't get to, I my my grad program is a seminary program um, <laughs> in Fort Worth. I'd also that doesn't mean that doesn't mean I don't all hail Asmodeus, but. <laughs> I'd like to, to point out that the amount of people in other countries that go out of their way to learn English is shameful compared to oh, the, amount, the amount of people in the United States that absolutely cannot speak another language, myself included. Yeah. Like, the fact that we have listeners who English was likely their second language, that is, um, like, <laughs> that is awesome to me. That's so cool and a little bit shaming. A lot of it shaming. But it's also Absolutely. like listening to like listening to radio, listening to podcasts, watching movies in another language is a great way to learn it. I mean, that's how I learned all of the slang that I wanted to learn in Spanish was from watching narcos. <laughs> I learned like the appropriate Spanish words in Spanish class and then I studied abroad and learned some more, but like you wanna know Spanish cuss words, watch narcos. Like for real? <laughs> Sorry we're talking about narcos now, but like <laughs> Narcos, please sue us. Sue us! Oh my sue god. Sue us, Netflix. <laughs> Do it. But 
the language is so colorful and it doesn't translate well sometimes <laughs> no it's true like i like i i just i really love colorful language in all languages i think and you're right spanish swearing and english swearing don't line up well at all anyway. um also we've had comments on um our cleanliness and language stuff uh not like critiquing it but just asking like hey can i listen to this around my kids and can like we as a family listen to it and you'll notice and i don't think i've let any slip correct me if i'm wrong and i should probably go back and check it out um but like i don't i don't tag us as explicit because i don't really think that we're an explicit show no um we get a lot we we, we say like hell and damn and ass but like I do my best to cut out anything more than that. We're definitely PG thirteen. Oh yeah, like we we could be on public television, like <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, for sure. You could be on cable. I that's something I'm very hyper aware of. Anytime I listen, I'm always listening for the cuss words because I know my students are going to be listening, and because I know, like, I will be held to that standard. Steven's a teacher. I'm a teacher. Joe's I'm a seminary. Like, <laughs> so like. Uh... I have definitely watched plenty a TV show that came on at like a normal time where kids could have seen it that were dirtier than this. Like we let the odd cuss word slip here and there, but it's mostly. Um, do you guys want to talk about like just your your thoughts on the campaign so far? Like right right now, the audience is up to uh, Stormhawk being shown uh, to you all do you, do you guys remember that episode they, Stormhawk was cool i still need to go back and listen to that one um well that was that was the episode where we kind of had to re repoint our compass yeah yeah because you'd also received word Ulrich from uh all Real over in the western reaches of the is italian territory uh about the warforged mm-hmm. so we we had a couple like we had a plan and then we learned some new information and we had to reevaluate the plan and make sure that we were doing what we thought was the correct. But didn't we end up doing what we were, what we said we yeah, were going to do? Yeah, we did. Yes. We talked for a yes. long time to decide to do the same thing. Yep. Yes. And, and Zach uh, politely ushering people along uh, and creating some sort of movement in the story is like, and we're walking this entire time yeah. while we're having this conversation. Um i appreciate that zach i appreciate I f- you do that a lot with the story and we need yeah it. you do so much uh side note both of uh our combat scenes are awesome i'd forgotten <laughs> like i had forgotten about them they were so much fun until i listened to them again and they were fantastic yeah um sorry to the audience for people who like combat sorry for yesi as a player who really likes <laughs> combat um <laughs> It's just where the story's taking you. And it's not that I don't give you opportunities or monsters to fight. Um, or maybe not monsters, but at least people to fight. It's just that it's not something that, like, as a group and where y'all are taking this story, it's just not something that is happening story-wise. And I, do, I, don't, I, I don't believe in, like, random encounters. Um, I, I try to make all encounters deliberate and purposeful and uh, story-based. Also, though, like... The, it, things still move forward like I, it actually didn't even occur to me just that much that we hadn't had that many there's, until we had one and i was like oh we haven't fought anything yet <laughs> like yeah conflict. yeah there's not combat yeah 
And I, I think, especially now that we have a lot of episodes out that you can binge listen, the absence of combat, not if it was a bad thing, is less of a bad thing now because we have some, so like you can get to it. I also think I, I like our theater of their mind setup. It's a little, it was a little confusing there at first, um, but honestly, it, it streamlines things and prevents yeah. them from. Because man, I remember some encounters in um, uh, fourth edition. It? Yeah, that just were. Like, nobody, including you, Joe, could get good rolls, and so we were all just, like, running around shooting trees. Like, not hitting and, anything. <laughs> like, yeah. and, just, and just, like, if you watched this combat from a distance, you'd be like, these are the worst soldiers I have ever seen in my entire life. They can't <laughs> hit anything. Like, every shot is wide. Everyone is a stormtrooper. So, like, I, I, I think it works out really great, and our, and our combat is useful, streamlined, and just as much a part of the story as anything else. And I also, uh, for the audience, I cut out a lot of the combat. Not not as far as action is concerned, but a lot of uh, dice rolls and spaces in between, like yeah. like Sarah one where moves I want to do, or like whatever. yeah, I, I I chop it down and try to make it action packed as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope I've done a good job at that. Um, speaking of action packed adventures, Yesy. Yes. Do you want to talk about? A new project. Sure thing. So, uh, me and Joe have been talking about uh, uh, what do we want to call this? Spinoff. Like, yeah, spinoff or a, disadvantage. Yeah, Sp- spinoff will work. Uh, a spinoff of the Advantage podcast that we're gonna call Disadvantage, where I will be uh, taking over as DM, and the other four will be playing. Um, in a different part of the world, completely separated from the main storyline. Still in the same universe, the but same like universe. not not super in, invested in uh, the the current conflict over Anisitalis and the Pandominion. Yes, still in the cusp too. Worth mentioning. That's going to be taking place in the Clerk Labyrinth. Yay! Yay! We get to explore some stuff. I'm Yay. so ready. And uh, my vision, uh, I guess thematically for this, um, when I was first thinking it up, I drew inspiration a lot from uh, Joseph Conrad's work, Heart of Darkness. Oh, this is... Okay, and, sorry. <laughs> and uh, okay. a little bit of the uh, some of the H.P. Lovecraft lore. And let me nice. let me explain my reasoning for that. Uh, Joe tasked me with uh, coming up with the political system in Alvador. And inadvertently, I made this, like, island chain kind of similar to uh, uh, the UK or England's uh, political system. <laughs> so I started thinking about that and thinking about Joseph Conrad. And the Clerk Labyrinth is a very jungle-esque place. So in my mind, what's going to be happening is our group will be um, a group of uh, adventurers and uh, sort of seekers uh, part of the Clerd Acquisition Clerd Acquisitions and Recoveries group tasked with <laughs> leading people on uh, expeditions into Clerd and recovering people who have been lost in the Clerd <laughs> Labyrinth. And, uh, where, I love it. What we'll be picking up is when they uh, get a mission from Alvadar uh, tasked with something that may be uh, possibly more important than they've ever tackled. 
What a tease. <laughs> also, uh, we're going to be drinking while we're playing. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a lot. Pretty drinky. A lot goofier. Probably a also, few more curse words left in, I imagine. It will be saucy. <laughs> it will be saucy. I don't know if we're going to... Should we should we put this up on a different RSS feed? No, that'll that'll cost money. Um, um, we could um, just put a good warning in the title, like that's true. We will be drinky. And uh, a lot of the challenge is going to be uh, simultaneously kind of pulling from the inspirations that I want to, and also keeping it lighthearted enough for drinking. Yeah, because Heart of Darkness is a heavy <laughs> yeah. book, like. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a, like that seems like drinky, but not for the fun reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I think yes, he can make it happen. I have faith in his abilities. Yeah, I absolutely believe in your storytelling. We'll expect to be recording that in like August sometime. I really think that um, the opportunity to to drink and have a light-hearted campaign will be a uh, a necessary supplement to the heaviness of the main campaign. <laughs> yeah. I really, I really think that the goose at the end of the episodes kind of help it maintain a not all doom and gloom spirit. I agree. I like the goofs. The goofs are like my favorite part. I do too. I definitely. <laughs> you just skip right ahead to the last. Yeah, just, let's get right to the end of the every every episode. <laughs> Zach, would you like to talk to us about Patreon stuff? Sure. Um, I, for listeners out there that don't know, Patreon is a website. Um. For content creators such as ourselves, and for fans that want to give back, like obviously the, we're doing this as a free service, and we're just releasing these episodes, and we're doing it because we love to play and we like to hang out, and we're good friends. But it becomes a lot easier. Like there are obviously costs involved, and yeah, <laughs> um, in yeah. doing this, and um. With your, with your support, it becomes a lot easier for us to continue. Mm -hmm. um, so that's basically what uh, Patreon is. It's a website. You can go. We'll have different reward tiers um, that will all have uh, different dollar amounts that you can pledge uh, per month. Um, as little as $2 up to $50. Just whatever you feel you would like to uh, contribute, basically. Um I'm I'm finishing working up the last little bits of that right now, getting the last few reward tiers going, and it should be published um, before this episode's even released. Can you give us a sample of what you think that the reward tiers are going to look like? Yeah, yeah, of course. The ones that I have right now, um, the lowest tier, um, the name is one of the hundreds of thousands. Um, they all have sort of a name to go along with the podcast. And it's at this tier level, you'll um, receive access to our exclusive Patreon feed, and you'll get a thank you on the show. Um, the Patreon th feed will post um, things that only Patreon subscribers can look at, like random um, exclusive backstory things, maybe some of the like questionnaires that we did, um, mm -hmm. some different mm -hmm. things like that we can post on there. Um, so you can just keep uh, watching on there, and we'll post stuff exclusively for those subscribers. Um, the next tier is um, a member of the Pandominion. It's uh, the $5 tier level, invited to a behind-the-scenes Google Hangout where you can chat with the cast about anything and everything. Um, we'll probably do these uh, once every couple of months or so. Um, maybe not all of the cast will be on each episode, but there will definitely be two or three of us, I, I imagine, and we can hang out and we'll talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. Um, our favorite foods, um, about the podcast, whatever, just whatever you guys want to talk about, we can talk about. 
some higher tier rewards um, that we're going to be doing. Our $10 reward tier is the one I'm still working on. Um, I, I was talking to Joe about some different ideas, and so I'll have more information for that as whenever you go look at the page. Um, but the tier after that will be the $25 a month club, or paid level. Um, and with that one, we're going to have uh, anyone who subscribes there can help Yessie um, with disadvantage and um, like come up with ideas for little adventures since it's going to be a lot more of a jungly dungeon, dungeon crawl type thing. We're going to have people be able to help Yessie come up with ideas for that. Um, Traps and yeah, whatever. Right. And just, just what, like, yeah, basically, um, I mean, I'll talk, I'll, I'll talk to Yessie more about this personally, but like maybe have something where he, they can talk to him on his Twitter or something or send him or, you know, like, or, or set up a discord maybe for right. something like that. Um, and just have them talk to Yessie personally about what they think would be cool. Sounds good. For $50 a month, if you play, if you pitch this for three months, then we'll let you be on an episode. We'll go through all the work and schedule, and we'll figure it out, and you you will be able to play along with us. And that would be super fun. Yeah. Yep. So a lot of people praise the production of Advantage and um, all the, like the the music and the art and all that, and paying Daniel for digital art like the maps and Blake for the music that costs money and paying for for microphones and for Zencaster which is our recording service and SoundCloud and and our domain like all, all that costs money and we would really appreciate it as uh enjoyers of our content and the story that we're putting out if you could help give back yeah as, as far as our goals are concerned um our first major goal for this Patreon is just to get our we our monthly cost covered hosting um or whatever and using our the Zencaster program that we do um things like that we're just trying to get so we're not having to pay everything out of pocket every month to do this for everyone yep um um if we if this if this takes off and we eventually start making extra funds b besides what we need to pay every month for costs we can start doing other stretch goals putting out more content it would give us a bigger incentive to do things like um, the disadvantage and meet up more frequently to get more episodes out there and yeah. um, things like that. So it, it would be a, be a way to allow us to make more content. Which we're excited to do because yes. we all love getting together and play games. Right. <laughs> Friends, I think we nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>